the morning not, or whatever that is. Not. Oh, Breakfast Club. Yeah. I don't know. So. Fucking Charlemagne the God. I only watch it when like there's a cool rapper. It's fucking funny. Yo, check us out. This is Doom Squad Radio doing a special interview with our friend Ricky at, what is it? Uh, Kinetic underscore Kinetic fanatic. underscore fanatic. There we go. Oh. Uh, but we got the whole gang here. I'm Carlos Mother Jr. with my two best friends. And Andre Vives and Ronnie's over here too. I'm off mic tonight, but I'm over here. I'm chilling. <laughs> you're you're our best Ronnie. friend too, CJ. Don't worry. He's still Ronnie. He's though. over here. Shut up. You're here. And again, we got Ricky, a.k.a. at Kinetic underscore Fanatic. He works at Kinetic's Health Center. Very nice to be here. Yeah, Health and Fitness Center. Um, Which is one of the places that I train at, which was recommended by Cub Swanson. And uh, we've got a bunch of fighters there now. How many of us go to you? There's four consistently that have been there. And it kind of started, it actually started with you. And then after you came uh, Heber and Suge. Oh, there were five. Steve Uh was going and then Steve's right kind of, he's on hiatus right now. He's taking a hiatus, but uh, yeah, now we have yourself, Gareth, Heber, and uh, maybe should. we'll get some of these guys in there yeah, too. Yeah, right? Yeah, should. We should. We should at least do a video where yeah. we can get these guys and let them feel the pain for that a little bit. I mean, the pain's just one part, but it's always, like, even the Instagram photos don't do it justice. They don't. Yeah. <laughs> it's And it's, it's always hard. Yeah. Somebody, some random person, actually, I was doing, like, the the crazy workout where it was, like, we were doing ropes. I was doing the ropes with Gareth, and then we pull the sled, and then we do push it back out. Yeah, and then, and we then push bear it back. crawl back. There you yeah. go. And then somebody was like, "I've done that before." I was like, "I don't think so." No, I'm pretty sure you have not. <laughs> I don't no. think so. You haven't. Anyway, Ricky, go ahead and introduce yourself. Um, tell us about yourself first. Right on. So uh, I recently came back to the uh, to the valley after having done all my schooling and stuff. I was born and raised here. <coughs> uh, played soccer over at La Quinta High School. What did you go to school for? I went for pre-physical therapy. So the rehab, the rehab realm had always been something very interesting to me. I had rehab myself after I had a couple of knee injuries, ankle Ouch. injuries, playing soccer. And uh, when I went into school, I, I was very fortunate because I found what I would consider a mentor at a very young age the, in the infancy of my studies and movement and stuff. And this guy was huge on just thinking big picture. Everything's a work in progress. Don't worry if you don't. Uh, get your certification right away and do this and that, but you still have to learn. So from right out of high school, I delved into understanding all the uh, concepts for the National Strength and Conditioning Association, uh, NSCA, and they're big on performance. So that was my first heavy dose of movement. And um, after that, San Diego State uh, finished up my pre-physical therapy, bachelor's in science there. And my intentions were to go right off into uh, my doctorate of physical therapy. I always still to this day, I have that that ambition, that goal. But in between there, I kind of got super sucked in by the whole strength realm and movement realm. And uh, it's continued to grow from there. I can't say I'm huge on other pillars like nutrition and fitness, fitness, like in any one practice. But I definitely do like to hold a wide range of tools so things like yoga practices brazilian jiu-jitsu striking uh some things so that people would consider cross things like stuff. the human body everything moving. everything revolves around movement under yeah. that umbrella is where i definitely function and i i don't really pr- uh, pertain to any one practice but so trying to do them all <coughs> i know i'm doing the interview but i'm already hooked i'm like damn how many more questions can i ask <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah man i'm, I'm big. so interested in this yeah go so ahead. let's talk about first your uh, instagram name kinetic kinetics yeah kinetic underscore fanatic so how do you how do you define it 
Uh, for me, it's it's always been something that involved movement and uh, also held the terminology because the science, to me, I'm a very objective person. I try and use a lot of uh, tests and assessments and stuff. Not to say that I get lost in it, but it's very yeah. important in our in our field because it, the it gives you, yeah, it gives you a standard for progress and what's not working. And I that's a big part of my philosophy. Is it efficient? Is it inefficient? If it's not working, then I have to go back to the drawing board. I'm not I'm not afraid to say when I'm wrong, but I definitely need to know when that happens. Yeah. So that's where that came from. Fanatic is because I am very obsessed with that type of stuff. I mean, uh, the Instagram is relatively new. I haven't had it up for more than, I want to say, three or four months. But It's really interesting, your videos, everything that you do. Yeah. And the way that you explain it in your captions, actually. Yeah, and that's the thing for me is I've always, it's funny, my mom had always told me, you should be a teacher, you should do this and that. Uh, and she's just, right. She's a I smart know. woman. <laughs> I never. I mean, years and years of this, and I never. I never caught on. And I, it's it's an interesting thing how it just kind of happens. I try and teach the best I can, and uh, questions are always. I always uh, encourage people to ask questions and to do their research as well. Do you feel like it helps you develop? Uh, yeah. I think one of the things that I've been running across m- mainly because. I was working in Los Angeles not too long ago and I ran into this cycle of people coming into the gym and almost wanting me to take care of their body for them and do everything for them, to stretch them, to uh, give them the right amount of weight. So there was no accountability and there was a lack of responsibility for your own body there. I mean, you're going to have the same body for the rest (coughs) of your life. Did they blame you if they didn't see results then? No, but I did make sure that I let them know that there was a certain responsibility that I had. If they got injured under my watch, then yeah. yes, it's probably something that I did improperly because I always had a, a really good set of guidelines to make sure that these dudes weren't doing anything stupid while they were there. Right. I'm not going to have somebody doing an overhead snatch at 185 pounds <coughs> if they Christ, haven't. That's if they haven't possible, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> but um, in that sense, I I really wanted to start teaching people how to take ownership over that. I was tired of of driving their cars, so to speak. I was like, you go drive your own damn car. Right. And so I would give them homework. I would make sure that they got those things done. And if they didn't, then they wouldn't. They didn't earn the right to be lifting what they wanted to lift. Right. You should be lifting. tuning and maintaining, not exactly operating it. Fully. Everything that you're saying, I feel like, really applies to mixed martial arts. Even with the whole data thing, mm-hmm. uh, with efficiency and inefficiency, for me, results are everything. So, like, if I throw a punch weird, or if I move weird, you mm-hmm. know, which isn't like just the standard. I feel like if it hit you, then it worked. Mm-hmm. You know, that was that was efficient, you know, and, and those are my results. That's the data that I go off of. Did it land? Yeah. Is it landing? How often is it landing? Yeah. Um, and then the accountability thing. If you're not getting better, it might not be because I'm a bad teacher or Cubs a bad teacher or the yeah. coaches at True are bad teachers. At some point, you need to turn that yep. corner. Yeah. It's a. Uh it's interesting. And and that also, we were talking about it before uh, we started the podcast, but uh-huh. the psychology of athletes or the general population. I mean, there there are kids. Yeah. And I get a mix. And that was another big part of my tool bag as far as taking those and using them in my training sessions. Because here you have some people who can take criticism, others who can't, others who like to be encouraged, others who you don't need to. And even within our small group of fighters, you can tell who those people are. And and for me, it's always interesting to get to know the person more and then really use that to their advantage so that so each hour we spend together is more, more does efficient. Does that come down to psychology, like maybe how you were brought up and oh stuff yeah. like that? Oh, that's beyond me. There's, there's, there's definitely smarter people who can tell you about <laughs> that. But my, like I said, I've always been a, uh, I like to investigate. I like to research and stuff. So when I find something, 
that's very unique. We were talking about Ido Portal earlier mm-hmm. and uh, using these techniques in psychology to really get the most out of the person because some people can be traumatized, especially in combat mm-hmm. sports. Uh, they may have been put into a ring too early when they weren't supposed to. And then you kind of see that psychology start to come out in training. Oh, wow. Or I never even thought about that. In my realm, the one that I used to see very often is an athlete who may have a soccer player, for instance, injures their knee. They have ACL reconstruction. Right. And is that the what first you had? thing I didn't. But uh, I work with a lot of girls between the ages of 16 and 21 who have that same issue. That's and young. That is young. And we can go down that path if you want to, but it gets pretty crazy. In yeah, and, and, and we stuff. should. We should. But like. Because that's a serious injury, man. And then think of the psychology. I mean, here you and have this athlete. And they're afraid to use their leg exactly. again fully. And they run funny. They jump funny. They mm. do all this. And now... <coughs> is, it, is it like undermined though? It like they're not aware that they're running funny? Or do you think that it, they are? They, they like aren't. They're wary the of s- it. The subconscious, the, the connection between the mind and the body is so powerful. And right. this is... Physical therapy is really rooted in teaching people how to stop compensating for these injuries that should be fixed. Got it. It's funny they so. mentioned that mind and body because when I was in the shower... <laughs> oh god i thought about it because everybody was already here i took a shower because i just practiced and um i was thinking like yo the mind and the body are so connected because at wrestling i wanted to quit almost you know i got so tired i was like yep. i don't even want to like do this anymore but then i thought f that like i gotta get better mm-hmm. of course i'm gonna do it like even if i'm tired i'm going to push as hard as i can yes. and i was like i feel like not everybody is has that like mentality no or it, or doesn't even have that kind of clarity to even identify like i can push more mm-hmm. um so it's good that you mentioned that Be- and yeah i'm sorry i was in the shower you know but uh, <laughs> shower, another shower thing you were talking day. about th- um you're able to identify the different types of psychology within your own clients like yes you, like you were saying that even within some of the fighters you recognize some of them that need encouragement and some others that don't need encouragement at all yeah. right um and he, he was likening some of your, the other examples to MMA. And I remember um, hearing about the different coaching styles Greg Jackson has at Jackson Wink, even yes. within his top fighters. Like, <clears throat> for oh, example, right. like Donald Cerrone, he needs to lit a, light a fire in his ass. He needs yeah. to yell at him. He needs to demand yeah. greatness out of him. Yeah. But then there's fighters like Cub. He's very calm and very um, informative with mm-hmm. Cub. He, he's very clear on what he wants him to do, but he doesn't – it's not like pressure. Like, he, he realizes he doesn't need that pressure – he just needs that clarification. This is what's going wrong, or this is what's going well. You know what to do. Mm-hmm. You're right. Uh, it's very clear advice. Like, you're doing well here. This is what I want you to do in the next round. Right. Uh, with the breathing. And then the joke, you know? Right, right, right. What did that? he say? Uh, what did he ask him? What did the fish say when something some about a wall? Damn. And oh, it's damn. like, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I remember it was, oh, damn. It, it is. It is. What did the, fi- what did the fish say when you hit the wall or whatever? And oh, yeah? Cubs reply is supposed to be his, oh, damn. Okay. And, and it's, I guess... A lot of people were, were wondering if it was his like a code so that Greg could figure out if he was more hurt than he thought or if it was just a, a resetting for a Cubs mind. Like, okay, cool. This is the joke. It's a dad joke. You don't think it's funny, but this is how we reset you. Boom. Let's go to work. Dude, that is legit. Right? Like that is so savage. Now um, it's funny because since we've been doing a lot of the rope work, what we're trying to by, by rope do you mean like the yeah the battling ropes okay okay yeah. got it so what i've been trying to do and this is something that i've been seeing uh i've been researching is and this is what james another guy who works over at kinetics and the guy's brilliant we're both on the same page when it comes to uh-huh. movement and uh and trying to l- search for performance and what he's been working on is taking the body to a very exhausted state and using breathing as a way to bring down not only bring down your heart rate 
but maintain that that clarity in your mind right with the, and i think that's a great tool to use right some people actually use like math problems to kind of help them to see whether the brain's still functioning cerebrally like are you coherent because you can enter a state of i can't remember the name of it that we were talking about but basically what happens is when you get super exhausted right your cortisol levels will just shoot through the roof you get this like glassy look in your ass just all the stress right and you just look at them and their body language is like i don't they're about to flop over Mm -hmm. and when that happens it takes them a really long time now you basically spike their cortisol levels so you have uh, this this uh, cortisol just floating around in the body. Can it's you very explain difficult what for cortisol them. is? Real quick. Cortisol is one of the uh, I can I want to say not an. Uh, it's like inflammatory, a hormone, right? A hormone. So it's supposed to be released while you work out because it helps to break break down tissue so that you can maintain energy. Okay. But when it shoots off in a very high spike, like a a big amount, like all of a sudden, all of a sudden from having <laughs> such a crazy shock, your body is just in shock, and it's like, oh my god, I need so much energy because I'm gonna have to recover later on. Right. That recovery process can take a lot longer, so you're not able to properly, um, to probably take that waste out, metabolic waste, which isn't just a cortisol, but now you have. Mm-hmm. As, uh, like an acidosis, right. an acid environment in the body, which leaves you with those 80-pound leg feelings. Uh, All that lactic morning, acid buildup yeah, and they stuff call like that. So like the soreness stuff. the next day and the day after? Exactly. So what we're, what I was, James and I were talking about, and he's he's teaching me a little bit about, is how to use breathing once you, s- well, how to be more aware as an athlete when you're getting to that state yeah. and learn to back off by using your breath and understanding that if you're going to breathe, don't just dump all your air out. You're not just going... You're not going, ha, 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 it's no sense in keeping your mouth right. open and exerting all that, that energy when you can keep tight lips. You breathe in through your nose. Use your diaphragm to try and gain as much oxygen as possible. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it's going to help lower your heart rate so that you're not, that you're not pounding, your heart's not pounding through your yeah. chest. Right. And you still can get back to the next round. And so that's what I think uh, Cubs coach was trying Greg to do. Jackson, is, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is, is he still there? Right. Can he still respond, and is he focusing on recovering as quickly as he can? Because Scott Sonnen, one of the guys that I was turned on to by my friend James, that turned was on. this guy. This guy was a, uh, God, I want to say a jiu-jitsu, like, world-renowned guy. Uh-huh. And he even admits, he's like, I was never the most athletic dude out there. But because yeah, I, I got I the focused, same thing. He focused on recovery. And when, while the other guys are gasping in the corner who are much more athletic, they're gasping for air. He's over there focusing on recovering and right. maintaining a clear mind. And that's how he was able to just grind these dudes down. Just grind them down. That's grind awesome. Them down. I, feel so I feel the same way. TACFIT. TACFIT was, <laughs> uh, was born from his, his uh, tactical fitness was born from, from that experience. Tac okay. Fit. Is, is that something we're going to look up? TACFIT? Yeah. And actually, that's what I've been using with you guys at the beginning of the uh-huh. sessions is using those movements to really, uh, like I was mentioning before, I think sometimes when you have uh, fighters who are not necessarily new, but new to a different style of fighting. So you, you maybe you might have been a wrestler, and now you're trying to learn how to strike or vice Got versa. Uh-huh. There's a lot of ground in their transitional movements that that person might have trouble picking up. Right. So yes, they know how to stand up, they know how to clinch, they know how to get down to the ground. But in between those phases, there are, very, there are various millions and millions of, of movements that have to deal with orientation. And, and do you get lost, or can you find your position without having to struggle? And, and stuff like that. So I've been slowly dosing it in, seeing how it's it's working, and they seem to be doing well with it. So. That's awesome. I mean, it, <coughs> you're totally right. You see it at the gym all the time. Like, you see a really good wrestler, and you try and teach them how to box. For a wa- oh long yeah. time, you're, they're going to be real boxy. Tendencies. Yeah, they can't they can't move. They're going to stay real square, low to the ground. They're Stiff. not going to be able to, to uh, adjust their hips the right way on a shot. 
I mean, they can, and then even then, when they learn the basics of boxing, then they can box. But then, how do they transition from yes. wrestling to boxing? Yes. And even though they can do the the parts separately, a lot of little gaps. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're they're very inefficient in their transitions. There's uh, Ido Portel made a good. I remember listening to him, and he had this this image of him standing in the middle and still being able to reach other parts of the circle around him. So maybe over here is Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and back here is striking and Muay Thai. And there you go. Krav Maga and all this stuff, but it's always to try and be a generalist as a fighter because there's never any one moment that you need to only be specific in that movement and being ready for whatever comes is it's pretty funny. Dope. <coughs> that I feel like goes right back to that Bruce Lee quote about being like water. Right. Oh yeah. You got to be adaptable. And and that's and without even like trying to identify with that quote, I feel like I've always tried to have that fighting style because um, I try to be like <coughs> like a greatest hits collection. Of all of the best people that I admire, you know what I mean. Like yeah, Chuck yeah. Norris in there? No. <laughs> oh, man, come on. Dad. Unfortunately, because he's legit. He's legit, but Especially it's all MMA day, fighters for, sure. for me. You know, I take somebody's footwork. I take another person's kicks. I take another person's punches, or just the things that I feel like would suit me well for my body type and my style. Like, what can I do? I'm a very lanky person. Uh, I don't feel like I'm very athletic, like not naturally athletic. Mm-hmm. Although I'm good at sports, I don't feel like I'm very fast. I'm not very strong, like naturally. CJ's just nodding his head. Agreeing <laughs> yeah, with he's in agreement over here. He's like, yeah, oh, you I suck. Thought he's like, yeah, he's like, you, you do a. Hey. <laughs> but I mean, but then again, you see a lot of greats in sports that were not ne- not necessarily real big and real strong. Like Wayne Gretzky was known for his spatial awareness, not Look necessarily that. That's a fun his strength. That's a fun down. Right? Wayne Snapple Gretzky? bottle right there, dude. Damn. Shit. Yeah. Hall saying, of Famer bro. right there. Just saying, bro. You know, yeah, it's, yeah, it, it's when is the Tuesday trivia night somewhere? Because let's go. But I'm just saying, like, there's different types of athleticism, too. You know what I mean? There's that. So do you think that I'm athletic? I think so. I don't think you're what, what you think of as being athletic is being real fast and real strong. Yeah. But there's also for the most part. But there's also a way like like yeah. Situ- well, I think your your instinct is where you you shine a lot. You shine very well. Your spatial but how awareness is that athleticism? and your but it's it, being able to move your body in space. I think oh, is a good okay. measure of of athleticism. See, I feel like I just use my mind a lot. Mm-hmm. That that's something that I've always tried to do. Whenever I did any sport, I'm just. I mean, in my general real life, I'm an overthinker. So when you put me in a sport or something that I really care about, I started with soccer. Soccer was my first love. And I just thought about what's going to happen when I kick it this way. What's going to happen when I give it to that very guy? Is going to give it back to me? And then where am I going to be? <laughs> I mean, it's all, it's, I'm just overthinking every single little step. And now with mixed martial arts and the way that, so if I fail at thinking of what's ahead, I'm going to get socked in the face or yeah. kicked or taken down. You get quick feedback. Get you get quick feedback <laughs> yeah. there. So, so it, it's a, uh, and that's why I like mixed martial arts. I've always loved the challenge. Yes. So mixed martial arts is like the, the most instant challenge or reward. Yes. You know what I mean? Like you can get punished or rewarded very fast. Yes, yeah, super so fast. <clears throat> because I overthink everything, I feel like I have to use my mind first. Yes. Before any athleticism, which I feel like is very physical. Do you agree with that? Do you think athleticism is a physical thing or is it both? Uh, I'd say it's a physical thing, but yeah. there's... I mean, uh, to be a mover, because this is being a coach, I've come across this situation a lot of times, especially in young kids, when you have the young kid who is just developed way quicker than everybody else. Yeah. And as then as you like have the puberty other Puberty and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. And okay. then you have the other one who's very tiny, but a hard worker, because they recognize that they're not going to get there off of raw strength and skill. 
So what happens is, and yeah, like Eber, there you go. But uh, it's it's always really interesting to see because that is the having that kid that's really like just a crazy athletic kid is a very ch- it's a very difficult challenge because here you have a child that you're gonna try and explain what the importance of IQ in their sport is. Right. And they yeah. really don't give an f <laughs> if they're out there running kids over right. day in day out. So that's always a very big challenge, and you have to look at the way that you give this kid feedback because they're. This isn't something that can just stunt them in sport. It stunts them in their whole outside. Life. And, and they're, they're not a, used to failing if, they're, if they got so exactly. good so quickly. There's a, a book called uh, Mindset by a lady named Carol Dweck, a psychologist from Stanford who mm-hmm. ran these studies. And it was further taken up by another na- uh, lady named Angela Duckworth in her book Grit. And they talk about how this theory of a growth mindset and a fixed mindset can really damage children where once you start telling a child how w- good they are, you praise them all the time by saying, uh, oh, you're the best, you're the best, you're the best. Right. And then when they do get kicked in the face mm-hmm. or they do get an F on their test or something happens that is unexpected, they don't know how to how to handle it or bounce back from it. Whereas with the growth mindset children, these children who tend to come from poverty, they've already gotten their shit kicked in a bunch of times. Yeah. Right. So what is a little paper and a test going to do to them? I mean... And they're the ones that end up aspiring to like greater feats and stuff. So, even yeah. as coaches, you d- we have to be very, uh, very in tune with what we're doing with these kids because it it does matter. I feel like because of my background and and like you mentioned, like just being beat down because cu- I came from poverty, not necessarily like bad. Like I didn't have a bad, you know, childhood because mm-hmm. my parents were always around. But I learned to like appreciate everything around me, and when something didn't work out i really felt it and i really felt like i needed to work I, I feel like i've worked really hard for everything that i've achieved because my parents worked really hard for everything they achieved and that was like the mentality that i was brought up with like yeah. you have to work hard to gain anything well that's the, some psychologists they've coined it like or not psychologists but sociologists would say like that's the immigrant mentality oh yeah 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 so Dude, really quick, I just felt like that was a psychology session, so I'm gonna charge you for that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. I know I didn't lie you down on a on a couch. Yeah, ask you yeah, to count yeah, backwards yeah. with your eyes closed. But so before but yeah, we get we got like too school, far away from like your beginnings, because yes. it's already been minutes upon minutes. But I've been <laughs> since I saw your first Instagram post. I've wanted to know where did that hashtag flexible body armor come from? That that was from my inspiration, Udo Portel, and I hey. liked his his. Uh, I've always dug his concepts and his his images. He he brings a lot of depth to if if I could say one one thing that is really my pet peeve or or the total bane of my existence, it's trivial answers. It's the very here take this so that you could get the hell out of my face. Right, right. And he's the polar opposite of that where he delves into what it really it, it's it's a hard thing. I mean, moving moving is uh it's a tough thing for a lot of us cuz first off, it's a cultural issue. I mean, we don't really move around a lot because we don't need to. It's not something that we're not hunter-gatherers well, I mean, anymore. As right. technology improves, as technology improves. we improve it so that we can be lazier. Yeah. Right? And like so that's, that's no, one of the things. There's nothing that's like, oh, this is so great. It's going to pick your ass up yeah. and make you do something. Mm-hmm. But no, that's where like, let's do less for sure. I liked it. I liked the idea of it's the juxtaposition, the yogi and the bodybuilder the circus freak and the football player right it's all under the same umbrella flexible body armor protects those who are trying to challenge themselves with movement so with either portal let's just get into that real quick Mm -hmm. um obviously he's known in our circle in Mm -hmm. mixed martial arts because he partnered up with 
our biggest star, Conor McGregor. Mm-hmm. Um, before that, I had no idea who he was. Yeah. At all. Yeah. Um, and now I know who he is. And I like this concept, but I think that at some point, and just speaking freely, and this mm-hmm. is just my opinion, not Doom Squads or anyone else's, I feel like he started marketing more. Like, he had these great concepts, and once he got those out of the way, he was like, shit, like, now I need to sell. And now I'm just going to make some shit up. <laughs> What's the shit up? I don't, <laughs> I feel, I feel like a lot of the workouts or something, like the routines are just. Mm-hmm for show more so than this is actually going to help you. I would say it's very difficult to take that small cup of milk and see the entire cow. I could say uh, it's a situation. It. <laughs> it's a very... <laughs> uh, did you call me a cow? <laughs> <laughs> it's a sa- and it's the same thing with myself too because like I've, I've spoken to a lot of other people and they think, well, aren't you concerned that everybody's going to be seeing their fighting techniques and they're going to take this and it's much bigger than the little pictures that we show on Instagram. Yeah. It's, it's a, uh, a concept that's very difficult to scale when it requires so much depth. So he's surrounded (coughs) by a group of disciples who are his closest and outside of there are another group of people who are very close, but it's very difficult for the general population to understand how much goes into that stuff. And, and that's the tough thing is if anybody ever asked me like, Oh, those ropes and this and that. Like, what well, I saw somebody else doing it. Yeah, and I'm like, that's that's good, that's <laughs> fine. Like, yeah, there's a there's always this uh this theory that people are gonna take your stuff, and if they do it better, then hopefully they'll come back to me and they'll let me know because they mm-hmm. appreciate for the knowledge that I've given them. But at the end of the day, I've I'm still reading, I'm still doing all this stuff. Yeah. So even the stuff that I put out, who knows? I still reserve my right to change my mind tomorrow. Maybe that was shit. Who yeah. knows? It might turn out to be shit, but uh. It's the the chase, like pursuing that kind of stuff. And so I think with Ito's stuff, he may have gotten to a point where maybe even he backed off. Yeah. I haven't seen him in the in the limelight for a while. I saw him with Connor and yes, I thought that was kind of I was like, Wow, I don't know if that's like I don't know if that's yeah. his spot. But after that happened, he stepped back. And so he's that's completely fine. Okay. And now I see him in his movement seminars again and, and doing the same stuff. What people don't remember or maybe if they haven't been following him that much He's still a beach dude. He's never turned into some type of businessman or anything okay. like that. So, see, and that that was my opinion. I felt like with the whole Conor McGregor thing, it felt more like a business move. It's yeah, for it me too. Anything. I agree with you. I was kind of <coughs> like, yeah, yeah. All right, well, that's kind of weird. Although, look, like I don't, I'm not, I don't hate on the guy. I feel like there's a lot of hate from mixed martial artists, and especially after Nate Diaz dropped that that line about playing touch button. Yeah, the I yeah. thought that shit was funny. I mean, that was that pretty was clever. Hilarious, yeah, for sure. That was pretty like, clever. But oh, like, I do I do think that he knows what he's doing. Yes. I do think that there is something there that any person, not even a fighter, you know, like any person yeah. can really learn something from that. Yeah. Like I said, we're all movers. I mean, everybody has a body. So how you use it and what you use it for, that's that's really going to decide, I mean, maybe how long you live. Maybe you might shave years off right? being a fighter. Who knows? Or maybe you might live longer because you're, fi- you're moving properly. But... uh yeah, man, he's he's definitely a cool dude, and he's just one of the many, man. When I speak, I, I have to make sure to get it out there, but all the stuff that I talk about, I stand on the shoulders of great people. Like, yeah. all the stuff, I've been very fortunate to come across early adopters, Kelly Starrett, some of the physical therapy guys that I grew up with. And okay, uh, the guys, uh, what was it? Becoming a supple leopard. Yeah, that man, that guy is a genius in his own right. And then Gray Cook, and then the people that I still I still come into contact with uh, yeah. today. I mean, I've never burned any bridges. Everybody... 
Even uh, my dad used to say, even the bum on the street can teach you some shit. And I'm like, that's right, true. That's, that's deep. Yo, remember that Al Green guy from Little Tokyo? <laughs> yeah, he taught me about Al Green. Al Green because I didn't listen to Al Green before that. What? Uh, <laughs> you didn't know who the Reverend was, bro? Rookie nope, we mistake. We were walking around Little Tokyo. Was full of just rookie, rookie mistake. Al Green, I was like, damn, I need to listen to Al Green. How stupid did you feel? <laughs> Retarded after, for sure. It's cool, dude. <coughs> I, I actually taught a pool class this afternoon over uh, at Rancho La Quinta. Did you teach somebody how to swim? Because I don't know how. You don't? Yeah, I can. I can no. but the, oh, uh, yeah. I always forget. First, just teach me how to float. Let's start there. <laughs> You're just dense. You just go, oh. <laughs> you can't float? No. Go on. Let's go to the next question. I was like, we were going <laughs> to go off on a tangent again. All right. Again. So, um, competition. Um, have you, you mentioned that you started with the movement stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you were really attracted to strength. Mm-hmm. Was there any time that you did any, like, bodybuilding or any sort of competition. Like oh, yeah. Anything like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. I did all kinds of silly shit just to... I was trying to figure stuff out. I'd always been... Okay. I'd always been a... Uh, well, actually, when I first got started, I felt like I was behind the eight ball, so I was more of a shoot first, aim later kind of guy. So I was lifting weights, probably just jacking myself up really poorly. But, um, yeah, I definitely took a... I dabbled in so many different things. And trip... Oh, this is a good story. So when I first started out, I got this job over at... Um, SeaWorld, and I was in charge. SeaWorld at the time was covering 100% of the benefits for their entertainers, so it was in their best interest to have a person like me go in there and and um, do screenings and stuff, functional movement screens, which are excellent for anybody. What who is that? What is a the functional, functional movement, movement screen? Is a seven parts uh, assessment, seven different movements, and it really just places an athlete or a person into a category. Are By they movement? Do you mean exercise? Uh, yes, yes. So I. W- I wouldn't, in other words, if a person comes in, I wouldn't start an exercise program with them without having screened them first. So did you screen all the fighters at, at Kinetics before you started No, with but them? Mike, Mike was, that was a... Yeah, we started with yeah, Mike. They, yeah, they started with okay. Mike. So he, I had their folders through him. So oh, the owner of the company was the one who kind of There's actual it. data on us. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and so that's the stuff. That. Right? Big Brother. I don't even want to see it at Damn. all. Damn. Big Brother. Don't brother. Don't it sucks. Why does this foot just get fat all the time? What happened? Oh, God. So, yeah, the competition aspect of that was uh, was very unique. I, I actually felt like competition jacked me up because I was yeah. losing sight of the reason that I should have been moving. But I didn't realize it till after the fact. And so, yeah, so that was a good lesson. What are the, some of the things that you're looking to develop with your fitness? So are you still a student? You consider yourself a student? Oh, hell yeah. yeah. What are some of the things that you're paying attention to that you're like, I want to get better at this or that? So I I love playing soccer and I played it at a high level my my entire life. So I'll still go out there and I'll kick ass on the field, dude. Dope. But <laughs> I get into this I get into this mode where everything that I know goes out the window once I get once I step on that field. Are you like ultra competitive? Uh, yeah, when it comes to soccer, <laughs> anybody'll tell you that. No, about but everything though. Um I'd say I'm more analytical. So I don't like okay. to lose. But I'm not one of those people who's just going to jump in and use effort to try and get by. Oh, I'll that's, sit back that's exactly and I'll what I do. I'm so competitive. I'll compete with Cub and lose by every, sing- every single thing every time. But, yo, I'm going to put my 120% yeah. effort and into it. And see, for me, if I know that the only way to drop Cub is to give him two fingers in the <laughs> eyes. And, all right. Well, that's we'll analytical. That. Yeah. It's analytical. And no, but um, actually, my most recent injury was like blowing out. I was just going to bring the, that up. Uh, <laughs> or I, I had a minor tear in my PCL. And it was because 
Cub finished a sprint way faster than me. Mm-hmm. So I needed to do it way faster than me, too. And I tried so hard that you I just blew. blew your legs out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't even care. I was like, did I get it, though? Did I get it? <laughs> <laughs> I just picture him like one of those dogs where the hips go out and he's just dragging himself yeah, across that, on his arms. I just r- that just reminds me of, of that v- the video of Bo Jackson destroying his hips. Oh, yeah. Yo, so. I don't, I don't know. I'm not familiar with the video. Okay, so Bo Jackson uh, was... Who's Bo Jackson? Bo oh Jackson? He, so he played for the Raiders. He also played for the <laughs> Orioles, right? The Royals. The, the Royals. Royals, my bad. So he was a two a professional two-sport athlete, and not like Michael Jordan, who like was real shitty who, at like, baseball. Who dabbed yeah. in No, this fool was, oh, this yeah, fool was, was like an baseball? all-star baseball player, okay. pro bowl football player. Awesome. Just a monster, right? So he you was... You know who knows about him? Andrew. <laughs> I know oh yeah, yeah. Here and nobody no, knows but, him, but but still. he and I because our our dads are Raiders fans, so we grew up listening to stories about Bo Jackson and shit. Because by the time I mean we were way too young to remember watching him play, I want to say. But anyway, so the play that basically ruined his professional sports career, he is running back. Um, I think a kick return. He gets taken by a defender, but like at the ankle, so he didn't feel it at first. So he kept his run going. And what happened was he he ran so fast and so powerfully that he basically destroyed his own hip just because Jesus he got Christ. just because his momentum got stopped. Is that the a, torque, is that the, the thing dude, you just push your body no, too like hard? All, all dude, these the torque that he produced to do that, like no, here it is. It just was unbelievable. Yeah, it was insane. insane. We were watching this video. Went so hard in the paint that his body was like, "Yo, I don't right there, even know right what there. you're doing." And it was his left. It was his left hip. My God. So, and, and there's also. He was insane. So he played. He, he was, was insane. A, he was in the, He played in the outfield. There's, there's plays of him, catching like a fucking line drive by wall running and shit, like jumping off the wall and and it's 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 insane. Does that mean that he prevented a home run? Yeah. yeah. Dude, did you Jesus did you ever watch Thirty for Thirty? Because Andre's no, just giving you like the synopsis, right bro. Now. The whole thing, his whole life. <laughs> Here's I watched that yeah, so many times. That. What is 30 for 30? ESPN, bro. What the hell do you do when you get so out? You watch ESPN has this uh, amazing line actually, of like... Actually, I feel like... What am I, 28? They, uh, yeah. I've had cable for like two of those. Well, they're on Netflix years. now, so... So they have these... They produce <laughs> these these amazing <laughs> mini documentaries called 30 for 30. I'm going to donate and, that And they you. can be... <laughs> start a Kickstarter for Carlos. And they can either be... Cable. They can either be like an individual athlete, like... Like with Bo, but yeah. or, or it can also be like on the history of the Bengals franchise, which was a really good one too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they yeah, do. Yeah, the they boxing a, ones are badass. They have a one on Tyson. They have a, a bunch of really dope, amazing documentaries. Okay. And it's like all the money and resources behind ESPN is on this one athlete. Or Andre's franchise. just trying to get you guys sponsored by ESPN. Know, right? Hey, ESPN, what's up? Big game hey. right now. I like sports. Dan, 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 never, Dan, I don't even have a cable. I'm so damn poor. Help. Oh shit. <laughs> All right, all right, all right, all right. Here we go. <clears throat> now transitioning into MMA and how you fit into all this. Yes. What is your opinion of MMA fighters, athletes that don't have full seasons to train for? So, like myself, I just I fought in March, mm-hmm. and since then I've been eating and drinking. <laughs> like I don't fight all the time. Yeah. But you've at least been training still, though. Like you're you're not sort like of. but you're not like you're not like one of those guys that will just legit. Bounce from the gym You're and right. like, come I, back I, when they I still have fight. my cardio. Right. Like, there's nobody in the gym that's gonna last longer than me, because I feel like it's heart, mind, and cardio. Probably. Really, mm-hmm. like I just, <coughs> I just want to keep going. Don't you're not better than me. Come on, <laughs> you're not better than Jesus. <coughs> so, what what do you think about that? Like, is it is it difficult 
to like get us back into shape? Do you even have to do that, or do you just go? Hey, yeah, it, this it, it is really the exercise, and you have to do it. You just have to catch up. Like, do we have to catch up, or are you like catering towards us? It it really depends. And I mean, when you guys, in most cases, people in my situation have to deal with athletes or MMA fighters specifically yeah. who don't have seasonal transitions. So it is a month to month, month to month ma- basis where. You're, you might find out that you're going to fight in three weeks. And yeah. that completely changed the game. So for us, that's where that wide set of tools really, really does matter. I mean, yeah. and I'm not, I know physical therapists who have dealt with athletes and phys- physical therapists know movement extremely well. They are the okay. specialists. There should be nobody in the world who knows more about movement than they do All from right. a clinical background. But when it comes to training, I mean, there there are energy systems that are involved there's by clinical do you mean like more so like recovery on the most on the most intrinsic level like hey if if you're so your issue that happened to your knee yeah. if you go to a pt place they're going to make sure that that knee gets better mm-hmm. but in the global view of what's going on with you i mean i can't have you doing single leg balances when you're about to fight in a couple of weeks and it's it's a very fine line to walk cuz on one end i have to think what is the best for Carlos? Because the truth is, if you're in that situation, you're not there because you're a calculated person. You're there because you're a highly competitive person. Oh, hell yeah. And you're going to go out there no matter what. So my job is the one to think, what's the first realm of healthcare? What am I going to do to make sure that this doesn't get any worse and you're in the best possible position? And I have had to make the call before where I'm like, dude, this isn't going to happen. Oh, really? Just, okay, yeah. I was a, that was my I'm next like, question. Yeah, because there, there's a question. I mean, there's, a, there's a, a famous strength coach, Dan John, who he's written books on this, but it's the psychology of the athlete. Can you go? You ask that one question, and it, the, the answer is, let's go. Well, then they're ready. And if they show it to you, then there are little tests that I'll hide within the session and be like, okay, yeah, he is ready to go. Okay. So it's not because, okay, especially in mixed martial arts, most of us are very headstrong. Mm-hmm. we're going to fight no matter what. Especially for yes. me at my <clears throat> level, which isn't the UFC or a major league, basically. Organization. Organization. Um, I'm just going to fight because I want to get my name out there so that those yeah. organizations find me. Mm-hmm. I want to fight no yeah. matter what. Blown out knee, blown out whatever. I could break my hand and I'd still want to fight mm-hmm. straight up. I've done it before. You know, yeah. like I just want to fight. So then, I mean, I guess I guess we're putting it on you to tell us, like, yeah, and that's 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 you, a you that's a response, and that's a good that's a good point you make because it's a very important part of being a trainer is it's a responsibility that you don't take lightheartedly, and okay. so when you do make that decision to not let them fight, you better damn well have a good decision, and that's why those objective measurements, the assessments, my the ability, the the fact that we've been together for so long, can I read it off your body language? Mm-hmm. Is it something that I see really starting to interfere with what's going on? And hopefully by that time, I've I've been with the athlete long enough to be able to make that call in full confidence. But I do tend to err on the side of caution. So okay, if right. there is any Which I feel is duck, the right thing to do. It yeah. is, because you won't. No, And we you won't. shouldn't. I won't, shouldn't. for sure. And that's it's funny, because I was talking to Cub about this when he was... Uh, when And I was talking to the guys, too, before we started the podcast, is there are things that he knows that you guys just don't get, because he already crossed that tipping point to where... He's met success on the other side yeah. and been able to surround himself with people who are the most brilliant of their their fields. Whereas for us, we're doing, a, I mean, not to toot my own horn or anything, but I work really hard to know the best shit. And I and I, you can find me in the in the facility any day of the week reading a book or listening to a podcast 
or uh, searching out some seminars to do and stuff like that because I really do feel that those tools are the most important things. I know this isn't just some kind of money maker money yeah. maker for me. And I hope that uh the athletes that I've all trained that I've trained have always felt the same way. So yeah, I, I get that myself. Being trained by you, I feel like if I ask you a question, you always have the answer. Yes. And it's not something that you have to guess. It's all it all comes from like something that you already read yep. or studied. Like you are fully knowledgeable and confident in giving me the answer that I asked. Yeah. And that's uh yeah, that's it. I mean it's a very important part of, of coaching. And so <coughs> moving on into strength and conditioning now. Um there's a lot of sports that you guys deal with at kinetics. Yes. Uh you've got what, like golfers and tennis, tennis players, players and football and basketball. basketball. And yeah. now I think we're like the newest crop of people, right? Like the newest crop of the sport, MMA. Of MMA, yes. Yeah. Uh, have you had boxers before? I've had other MMA fighters. I've never had a boxer. Okay. Um, for strength and conditioning, do you think that it's really different for us, or is it similar to everybody else's sport? No, it's very different. Yeah, it's, it's very just, different. Is it more specific? Yeah. Uh, I would say. Spe- uh, I don't do sport specific stuff with you guys per se because MMA re- it requires so such, many a wide, yeah, right. such a wide set of tools, but. Like uh, what a lot of people don't, I mean, and just, I've been trying to explain this if whenever I post stuff with you guys, but it is different in the sense that you're not going to be lifting weights at 85 to 90% of your max. Right. I'm not going to put these guys under a loaded position, putting it on their spine, um, causing things that would, would just raise the level of their potential injury. ability to get injured. Right. Yeah. I just, I, w- I won't do that. So you're saying you, like, so for example, you stay away from heavy squats and like heavy deadlifts for it has MMA its, athletes. it has its phases right but the phases are are very short and, and they're early very uh depending because okay. they're going through a cycle right now so for right. periodization the the reason that you have periodization is to make sure that these athletes recover and continue to get systematically stronger got so it. when i do use weights i'm we're working in small groups and i got eyes on them the entire time got it but I would never just be like right up on the wall. All right, four sets like of six. You guys off. are going through your deadlifts and doing right. this and that. No, because it's it just it's not a very practical method of training with these guys. Got it. So, how do you feel about guys like Nick Kerson? Um, he is Speed of Sport on like Instagram and Twitter and stuff. Who does a lot of strength and conditioning uh, training with MMA fighters. And his focus is more on like explosiveness rather than like being able to pick up the heavy weight. Yeah, yeah. So that's a that's a great that's a great thing to and it's necessary for any of the athletes. Everybody knows that we talk about in the strength world or any type of movement field is transferring energy through the feet up. So the more efficient you are in your alignment, can you get your hips? Can you keep the integrity between the hips and the spines when you lift when you need to? Or uh, are you good in a single leg position just as well as you are in double leg positions? Right. So how they train it, and this is the thing too, is once again, coming back to people giving you the milk without the cow is when they post things, you might see like snatches or uh, single arm power cleans with dumbbells and stuff. And I'm not saying that that's bad. It all has its place. But just because a person has a row of that on their Instagram doesn't mean that that's all they're doing. Right. You're not seeing the whole system. You're not seeing the whole system. And a smart strength coach would periodize or would program those things in with a lot of movement preparation before you do that so mma fighters are just i wouldn't say they're fragile but uh, that's the polar opposite but the, the um, 
I guess what I'm trying to say is it requires a lot of fine tuning before you right. get into those positions. A lot more finesse, because like you were saying, there's so many more options. Uh, there's so many options in because it, the the sport is so multifaceted. <coughs> yeah. So many. Um, there's so many uh, not not options, but there's so many possibilities to get injured. Exactly. Just in the sport itself, yeah. let alone from the strength I'm, I'm and conditioning. Like the king of getting <coughs> injured too. Yeah, you just so like, like think about MMA and you're like, oh, oh tight, there goes toes broken. <laughs> it hasn't been bad, has it? Not, no, I actually in my, in my early knee. fights, yeah, every single fight I got injured. I think all of my amateur fights I actually got injured in. Yeah. Uh, and that's why Cub was like, you know what, just be a pro, so at least you get paid and yeah. you can cover some of your medical costs. Yeah. So um, I'm curious, how, like, is it harder to program, like, or create a program, I should say, for people like Cub and Carlos, like MMA fighters, versus, like, the 50-year-old golfer that's coming in or the 16-year-old baseball player? No, it's it's about the same. I mean, the there's a general process that I go through with the assessments and stuff, but the amount of energy that I put into making their programs is the effort is the same, the quality is the same. I mean, for, and in some cases, I would say it's actually more challenging for that older person or the general population because what they don't have is the motor acquisition. They don't have the ability to understand how their their body moves in space. And they've been moving usually away for so long that it's very difficult to break those habits. So in a lot of cases, I might have to train this person to train. You feel me? Whereas with Cub, where Cub, it's actually like... uh, you're like, all right, cool. You so kind of know e- how to do this movement. Go ahead and do it. I and mean, that's that's the thing. Uh, <laughs> coming back to where I came from, when I was working in Los Angeles, I had a very unique position where I was working at a physical therapy clinic, a formidable one in uh, uh, Playa Vista area, Evolution Physical Therapy. Shout out. Shout, <laughs> Shout out. out. <laughs> uh, yeah, those guys, I was put in charge of basically taking these people who are being rehabilitated. And what physical therapists will find a lot is that as soon as they plug them back into whatever they were doing, they're just going to get injured again because those habits have not been changed. So I would be in charge of taking them from that rehabilitative state and making them stronger, taking them to the strength route. So that goes along with that situation is here you have a lot of general population people who you start to figure out have no clue how to move, how to squat, how to lift, how to do any of that stuff. Whereas with Cub and them, even though they're at the top echelon of their sport, the very elite, they're... I mean, the fine-tuning decisions that you're making in their program, it's it's very minute. Like it's, mm-hmm. but it does give them the edge because everybody at that level is only a fraction away from each other. So it does it does matter. So so would you say that a big part of what you do as a trainer is is not only establishing the muscle memory, but teaching your athletes how to be efficient with that muscle memory once they've learned it. Yes, it's it's repetition through different variations. So if I'm gonna have somebody who has issues doing a deadlift. First, I have to figure out, okay, do they know how to work on their midsection? And I hate using the word core because the connotations are usually like you get six-pack abs. Everybody right. thinks of that okay. as your core. Right. But the truth is that very there's the general population doesn't really understand how to be in a plank properly, how to stand properly, how to sit properly. I and then that. you start to see how these, these uh, issues, low back pain, tight hip flexors, uh, this all starts to systematically come into play. And then you end up with some... All those smoke and fires lead to something more permanent. So right. that's what we try and catch before it happens. I have a short leg, so like uh, as soon as I was made aware of it, like I felt, I felt like I did. Mm-hmm. But when it was actually measured and, and I was told you do have a short leg, yeah, everything changed. I like noticed it. So that's why you have so one platform. Yeah. So like uh, <laughs> every everything like started hurting. 
like i knew i was i was doing things weird when i do a plank i'm even like oh this this leg and this this hip is not as high as this one and so i feel like i i feel you on that like I, i just feel the importance of like doing things right yes and ever since i had to pay attention to my body and it wasn't just like emotion like oh yeah i'm gonna do a plank Yes. Period. Or I'm gonna do a push-up. Period. Now I actually concentrate on the muscles that I'm using to do the plank or the push-up. Yes, that's very good. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's good and bad. Cause <laughs> I feel like when I run, I'm like, oh, here I go, and I I just look like Gumby trying yeah. to run or something like that. <laughs> that's what what we're talking about right now is the fun of coaching and being. Hopefully, what I do in physical therapy is that it's you play an investigator. You're trying right. to figure out. And using all the tools that you have, what is the most efficient way to get this person to change a behavior, to do what I want them to do and for them to be safe doing it? So, And so you were saying that um, you brought an, uh, an interesting point up where you were saying that you have to like slowly teach them how to do everything. Like yeah. sit, stand, walk, run, then into these more complex movements. And then eventually that's supposed to translate into them getting even better at their sport. Exactly. Um, are you familiar with the book uh, The Art of Learning by Joshua Waitskin? Waitskin, yeah. Super dope book. Yeah. Um, so he's the guy that uh, the movie Searching for Bobby Fischer was yeah. based off of his life. He was like a, like one of the youngest grandmasters in chess. Hustling it, guys in New York City in yeah. Central Park. W- yeah. killing, killing all these <laughs> tournaments eventually. Then he got real famous, didn't want to do it. He transitioned into Tai Chi, but the competitive form, right? Well, the push hands oh, version push of Tai hands, Chi. Yeah. yeah. So it's not actual, it's not like just a kata, but it's like kind of like sumo. You have to be forced out of a ring, but it's, it's all rhythmic and, and, uh, uh m- shifting your body weight and stuff like that. Then he transitioned to Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and became, came under the tutelage of Marcelo Garcia. Oh, hey. And it's, it's all of this, what he's, um, realize is the psychology of his mind, how he learns how to learn things, like how he established these systems in his own mind, but then him talking to all these other greats as well, like mm-hmm. picking apart Marcelo's uh, brain. Like how did he learn jujitsu? How did all these gra- uh, tran- grandmasters learn chess? Mm-hmm. It's super interesting. Um, oh, you should do you should do audiobooks where you just summarize books. <laughs> no, dude, yeah. that spark notes. Actually, that that was that that book weighed heavy on me that when I read great. it because I thought what at the time I was teaching a lot when I was at the clinic, so I was put in charge of helping all these other aides who were coming in, and there was always the the frustration of being met with a kid who really wants to learn, but there's just so much stuff to teach them. What is the quickest way to teach them? And right. I took that book to heart because what they did is his grandmasters, rather than having them put with all the play with uh, chess with all the pieces on the board and memorizing uh, moves and plays, he would his master just took all the the pieces off and they just left the queen and they would play one queen at a time. Boom, right. boom, oh, boom, Jesus. boom, boom. And it was similar in our field. I started thinking, okay, what's the quickest way to teach these other people who are going to be teaching patients how to do a lateral walk properly, how to get the hips to fire properly? And that's all I did is I was like, don't memorize the cues that I'm telling the person. I want you to pay attention to the importance of the position in the body. And then it would start to click quicker because then you'd see how that movement would transfer over to a squat, which would transfer over to a single leg lunge, right. which would transfer over to bounding or jumping. And so, uh, yeah, that was that book is it's awesome, man. That's a really good one. Super good book. So with the current uh, and just bringing it back to like what we're actually doing at Kinetics, myself and the other guys from True, Selfish. with the current <laughs> fighters that that you have in MMA, yes, uh, or the MMA athletes that you have, 
do you think that you have to separate or you have to like specify a certain workout for them because maybe we're different bodies or maybe we're good at this or maybe we're bad at that if we had more time apart i'd say that right now because of the situation that we're in yeah it's it's very difficult to do that with a group setting but yes i like i think that would be better <coughs> if, if i could get you guys one-on-one it would definitely it would, be it good. would probably be like uh like if we didn't have a fight. Oh, hey, now I have a fight two weeks from now. Now mm-hmm. I have a fight four weeks from now. And that's why we all have to do these group sessions. Yes. So maybe if we were all like at Cubs level where we know oh, we're going to have a fight like six months from now, you would be able to cater that training specifically to that. athlete. Yeah. And okay. trust me, there'd be a lot more training involved. Okay. It's, it's very difficult to get that all under. And and even sometimes I'd, even though it's supposed to be an hour, I'll go over if I need to. Yeah. But uh, yeah, when you're when you're facing that type of challenge, the accumulation of stress can be. Ve- it, you have to understand how to work with that very properly. Okay. And I do that. I mean, I have devices like the Omega Wave that I use to train the readiness to train or to get that readiness to train uh, reading. Uh, it'll tell me, okay, did Carlos get his full eight hours of sleep? If he didn't, well, then maybe his mm-hmm. metabolic might be his metabolic systems might be compromised. Uh, if he got, who knows? There's been other situations where I've had athletes who just had newborns, oh and there's that no changes every day. They don't realize that that's totally going to jack up their systems. And there's been times where other people have suggested the fact that maybe you should sleep in a different r- uh, different room. Okay, it's not to be messed up to your wife and your kid. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But hey, if you're a professional you athlete, yeah, <laughs> if this and is that's your what money maker, on, yeah, yeah, you have to do it. And it helps for us to to deal with those situations to to actually get into the conversation if need be. I mean, right. I'm not going to stick my nose where it doesn't need to be stick, stuck, but when it comes to that sensitive conversation, because another very relevant conversation with female athletes is the menstrual cycle. Are you okay. training yeah. female ans- athletes you on know the what? proper That's menstrual very cycles true. and stuff? So. In women's martial, mixed martial arts, like the whole weight, weight cutting, yeah. yeah, weight cutting, like... I mean, during that's ovulation, top, they're going to retain water. Their thermogenics are yeah. totally thrown off. I feel like it's mood. a really important topic that doesn't get talked about a lot because it's uh, MMA journalism and, and media is dominated by males. Yes. So we don't really look into that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, all we have is Karen Bryant. That's it. One person. Yeah. Megan One. O'Levy. Oh, that's true. Yeah. There's two. There's two women I in the legit field can't that think of any. Like, are and I, for- I just forgot 50% of them. Like, <laughs> but there's that's a- crazy. Getting yeah. getting back to yes, there there is a whenever you can tailor a program to be more specific to the individual, yes, it it requires a lot more investigation and stuff like that and research, but it's it's always going to be better, especially on my end. I mean, uh-huh. it helps a lot. Uh, there are some things. I mean, Heber's usually the odd man out just because he's so light in weight class. But he's but so the kid strong. fucking beats it, dude. <laughs> like he, yeah. you get that kid on the he's fucking so rope and his rope climbing abilities, he's like fucking Donkey Kong, like oh, Diddy yeah. Kong. He just I doesn't think it's even a wrestler need his legs. thing because He's our so friend uh, Jaime, Jaime is so strong Jaime too. Sierra. Yeah. When you he, guys are at CVB, He's BJJ. a wrestler too and he just climbs ropes like they're no big deal. I see him climb a rope and I'm like that Hell looks f- so simple. You could probably run on his hands quicker than we can sprint down oh, yeah. the yeah. yard. I can't see? I can't climb a rope without wrapping my leg around it. Like yeah, that's I know. literally what I like I have to go wrap my leg and then I climb the rope. And Jaime can do it in the L sit position. Yeah. yeah. And just Oh, he, he looks like he's sitting down, picking yeah. himself up. Stupid. And I then you have you have Shug. No, no, <laughs> Shug. Whenever he climbs a rope, he looks like a fish caught on the end of a ding. <laughs> like a, he's just like he's so dense. You know he what? Is Dude, so dense. Shug he is. Shug powers through so much just oh, by being 
super athletic and strong. He's so strong. We were flipping tires in one of our videos, and I'm like, this dude's gonna flip the tire twice before it hits the <laughs> ground right now. Like, dude, he's so fucking. He's gonna strong. push it completely Bro, over. Imagine yeah. him punching you, cause that yeah. shit is not great. It's the worst. And he's he's one props to that dude, cause he's been doing his homework. Like all the mobility shit uh-huh. that we do is is probably the most monotonous type of crap that you could do as an MMA fighter to have to sit down on the ground and do all these movements to to help mobility. He's been doing it and the kids reaping the benefits, man. The His shoulder thing you guys you had the video of him doing like the uh Looks like you're doing like reverse windmills with like the frisbee on his legs. Yeah. And that looks crazy. So shoulder extension. These guys are always stuck in a because they had boxing the night before. So when you're yeah. boxing, you're you're punching, you're throwing in the opposite direction a lot. So we want to counteract that movement or balance it out by Got going it. overhead. Um, before we sense. move on to like every regular person, is there something that MMA? I mean, like I I know that something that I learned a lot from you and really just you as an MMA fighter, was that I need to recover. Yes. That was is just going to mention. Is there like it, other the tips thing. besides you guys need to recover There's that an MMA fighter or maybe just an athlete should be more aware of? That, like, we were talking about Cub earlier. What Jackson, what Greg Jackson's doing with them is the new, that's the new wave. The, okay. the truth is that if you're going to win a fight, regardless of your athletic ability compared to the other dude, it's going to be based off of recovery. Can you okay. recover quicker? Can you make that split decision? Allow your body to just go through the movements. And uh, a is lot. Is that something I'll that you can train? Yes. Because I'll say it's happening with Gareth. I see it on the ropes with him. I mean, the kid is crushing it every time he comes in. Yeah. But um, what used to happen with Gareth is every time he would get exhausted, he'd go into this like primal mode where he's just like, ah, ha, ha. And I understand that it's a tough situation to be in. Yeah. But you're not making your technique or your efforts any better by just gassing yourself like that. Okay. So understanding where you are and being being uh, aware aware of how to deal with yourself. Because there's, I mean, even sitting down, you should have the awareness like, oh, shit, I need to move right now. Maybe mm-hmm. I should do this and that. And that all goes out the window once you put yourself in that state of like, oh, my God, I'm just trying to get through this workout. Yeah. You have to be aware. You're like, oh, I got 20 minutes of this. I got to finish it. Yeah, because the least expected person, I mean, imagine you get punched out there and this guy thinks, oh, man, I'm about to knock this dude out. And then you come back with something else that he's just not ready for. I mean, those are the positions that you always want to put yourself in. You're always in control. So, yeah, yeah, recovery and teaching recovery properly, I think, is the biggest thing for trainers is uh, it's easy for me to yell, go hard, go hard, go hard. But it's much it's much more efficient for me to work with you guys on recovering so that you can go hard the next round. If I gassed you in three rounds, which was yeah. supposed to be six, then there's something that I'm doing wrong. Is and as a trainer, though? yeah, as like a trainer. You, you, f- you don't have like an back expectancy for us, though? Like, I feel like you have to. You have to. Like, with the things that you're doing, you should be like, I expect you to be able to do this. Exactly. But uh, that's what I'm saying. If you don't get there yeah, because I because you gassed out, then it's my my I wasn't as I wasn't educating you properly enough okay. on how to recover, and I pushed you into that position too early, so it comes in it comes in doses like anything does. The stimulus needs to be right for you to understand what's going on, so that's that's a it's a tough thing, but it's a very relevant thing, especially with you guys. And we won't dive super deep into it, but uh, how big of a part does nutrition and hydration play into that? into exercising, into recovery, and, and and into, like, just completely going all out. Yeah, that's the thing is you want to take care of your body as, as best as possible. You try and get in those liquids and your protein shakes and stuff like that within the hour after your workouts and okay. stuff. But uh, really what you're doing, I'm not, I'm not, like, 
a crazy nutritionist and stuff, uh-huh. but you're trying to supply your body with the nutrients it needs to rebuild what you just broke down. So, so every, everything that you put into your body should be used as fuel for for your workout. Yes. But then there's also the after your workout, you should... And the type of workout. Okay. Because I, I mean, if I, let's say, for instance, we do do a crazy anaerobic threshold workout where I know you guys are doing some intense bouts, well, uh-huh. then carbohydrates are going to be needed for some of that stuff to restore the energy. Before or after? Uh, it's after. After is yeah. better? Before, no. Before, you're going to take some, but after is going to be taken as well. Okay. I mean, so you're not trying to take any sugary drinks and stuff, but when you go into something that's more power-based, like we have done in some of those videos where you do like a, a contrast training with deadlifts and then the overhead ball throw, just take your whey proteins. I mean, obviously, you're going to take a little bit of carbohydrates. If you're going to do it before, I'd prefer somebody that takes something like some, some natural foods. I don't and want how supplements. How long is like that threshold? Like... Before, what does that mean? Like maybe an two, hour, hour, two, two hours. hours. Yeah, an hour, two hours, depending on what you have, too. I mean, if you're taking like branched amino acids and stuff like that, shit will kick in within 30 minutes. Okay. Depending on the complex. You'd want, there are some good, like, I take all my supplements as pure as I can get them from Now Foods and stuff. So I'll take their dextrose, their whey, I'll take creatine, okay. amino acids, beta alanine if I need to. But I mix that all in myself. So I have my own pre workout. If I want to make a pre workout shake, I can do that, and then post workout. You don't just and buy at one the point, standard. This is your pre. No, I don't. Like, yeah, this is I don't. What I actually need for my workout exactly. because I know what my workout. And I mess with be. that myself because I had been taught that in my first job is uh, if you're gonna make these these workout drinks and stuff and yeah. supply nutrition. I had gotten it from Exos, a commu- uh, company over in started in Arizona. Okay. But it's it's smart to do. You should. And in my ideal case, it would be awesome to get a pre-workout supplement going on at work. You guys come in, you take it, we're ready to go in yeah. 20 minutes. I mean, we'll go through all our movement preparation, and by the time you get to the part that demands what it yeah. demands, you're ready to go. So, And then after, yeah, same thing. All right. So then moving on to, like, more of a common person, and these are just questions that maybe will help out somebody that just listens to it casually and doesn't actually train, um, listens to us casually, is uh, what do... Like, an, like, what does a normal human being do or maybe not do that you think that they should start doing? Hanging. I would definitely hanging? do hanging. What do you mean bars? It helps my You're So a lot of the shoulder injuries that we see are from people not going overhead or not. So y- it's in the, with the shoulder, it's one of those cases, a 40-year-old virgin, where if you don't use it, you lose it. So damn, <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's damn. a very serious issue. And I even see it with, with the MMA fighters. Yeah. This is a this is a fine line because if I wanted to make you functionally sound like have your body do what it should do, I'd need a lot more time. And with the time that I have, I have to make it as functional as I can. So usually I don't hit on overhead stuff too often. And mm-hmm. if I do, it's usually just positional working on mobility rather than okay. than loading it. But when you hang the muscles that the 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 shoulder socket is very shallow and it relies on the the rotator cuff and the various other muscles that attach through there, the yeah. shoulder girdle to hold it in place. So hanging and not necessarily pulling, but hanging from a high source, is going to build that tension and the strength in your, in your upper body. So if there's one thing that I would definitely recommend, it's that, and it's, it's a situation. I mean, you literally just put one of those, uh, those pull up bars and you can learn how to do one arm hangs. You can learn how to do so you, you progressively adapt and it helps with the scapula as well. So the shoulder blades, how they sit on your back and, and gaining that mobility and stuff. 
there are some prerequisites that I would consider. I don't I don't recommend that anybody just go get a bar and right away start hanging because uh-huh. your shoulder blades should be able to get you should be able to get full flexion overhead before you can hang. That's the help. How thing. do you do that? Uh, we'd have to work. It depends on the person. I mean, okay. I'd have to see what the situations are because like they vary. Have you been sitting your whole life? Have do you do you? I'd move ask. All, like, I'd ask. Like are they yeah. a throwing athlete? Have they ever thrown? When's the last time okay. that they lifted something overhead? Do they do they get any? I'd test for impingements. That functional movement screen would give me a very good yeah. idea of whether so, this person. Um, and CJ asked this like, so somebody shouldn't just start by doing pull-ups. No, you you literally mean just hang. Yeah, out. and even before hanging is the prerequisites. The whole, yeah, the can you have shoulder thing. shoulder flexion? Okay. How how important or how um, I guess successful would like things like, um, oh shit, I just oh kettlebells, kettlebells. Um, what are those other like mace looking things? The clubs and stuff like that. Because yeah. a lot of that is like movement based. You know, it's not oh, yeah, just it's like very snatching up a big amount of weight or like very. pushing a big amount of weight. A lot of it is being able to maintain your movement with that extra weight and yep. stuff like that how um important is stuff like that to someone like a common person who's just trying to start getting into fitness but doesn't really know how i mean would you suggest something like that it's excellent and and right before that like i would like to d- maybe define the common person wh- wh- what's I mean, a common like, person okay, to like you? i don't a I desk jockey, really, the somebody most, who's yeah, the an most accountant. I'll do for or a workout is I'll go jog. You know, mm-hmm. I'll go get on the treadmill and run a couple miles or whatever, and then I might hit like a, a weight machine once in a while. But it's not something that I do regularly. Mm-hmm. You know, but um, or you know, I don't know. I mean, Andre is is you know fairly athletic, but he doesn't train. He doesn't you know he, he trains off and on at the MMA gym, um, mm. at the gym. You know, even at just at the regular gym. I don't know how like consistent he is he's not on like a competitive athletic level Mm -hmm. so i would define somebody like that like somebody that's not doing anything competitive um athletically see for me the common person is more of just somebody that watches tv and eats whatever they want couch potato like super sedentary and works (laughs) and the most the most that they work out is like walking from their car to the garage or to the front door. Sounds awful. There, I feel I like mean, that's who I would be if I didn't get into competitive so? sports. Yo, I think I you would have like, like found some way to be competitive. <laughs> I like food. I like Netflix. I like drinking. Yeah. Oh yeah, Dungeons no. and Dragons. That's about it. Hell yeah, <laughs> Dungeons, Dungeons and Dragons, and Dragons, and Dragons right there. But the the hangs no, video games though for sure. Find me at fluffypillow.com. <laughs> <laughs> the hangs are something that like I've personally done. What I I jacked my shoulder up. What like. Day two of coming back to true like a year and a half well, ago. Well, somebody jacked his shoulder up. Right, but it still happened to me, unfortunately. Well, like I was a dickhead about it. Though. Right, right, right. But it's still, <laughs> I ended up having like, um, I like strained my rotator cuff mm-hmm. and it sucked. I'd have stupid sling forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, it was one of the things just like in researching stretches and other stuff, just like hanging, which didn't seem like shit to me. I was like, this is not going to be helpful <laughs> at all. And just doing it like 30 seconds or a minute or whatever. Yeah. It, yeah, it feels a lot better. It's still like not 100%. It's yeah. not like my other one. You but mean to this day? Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, you have to. Uh, I mean, there's there's no one one answer to any of that stuff. But uh, you're on the right path. Is just getting started at least. I guess the, the issue for, for us, and I know when I was working in the physical therapy clinic, was people's idea of rest is not not moving the joint. And they forget that movement is a very necessary part of healing. So what type of movement you do that that will vary that will dictate how quickly you right. heal or 
maybe not maybe do worse to you <laughs> yeah so i have like worse. a lot of like i feel like maybe rapid fire questions and these are all based around my parents who i feel like are the common folk i mean your dad's got a pretty dope shot on uh you're right, pong, you're so <laughs> i know his you're right true. his he's, shoulders are he knows how to keep a packed shoulder <laughs> he's insanely athletic it's like watching Derek fisher <laughs> he's like, he's like, like the king of racquetball just shout out to him real quick but um walking yes does that really help i feel like it doesn't why would like like your heartbeat doesn't go up very much i feel like <laughs> yo i've walked a lot i've walked the whole vegas strip didn't give a shit about it like i feel like i never was challenged about didn't give walking a shit. the Bro, whole vegas you're a professional strip. Like, athlete wow. now Walking's not exercise, though. It's not. Exactly. Okay, that's what I'm trying to say is, like, walking isn't an exercise. There's a lot of people that are like, I don't want to walk that far. And I feel like you're just being lazy because you feel like it's so time-consuming. Having My mom's about to get so mad listening to this. I Sorry. Having a... Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's, so there's a lot of stuff talk going around with this Fitbit stuff that tracks walking and everything. And, uh, it's fucking It's walking. kind of a... I'm it's sorry for cussing, but It's still. one of the difficult things to deal with because now a lot of people think, okay, just because I took my th- my 10,000 steps, I'm good for the day. So it gives them a goal, yes, to move to for a person who probably doesn't move. But it's I wouldn't so say... It's better to move than not move, obviously. Yeah, right? but I wouldn't okay. say that's necessarily the answer. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the same thing with the whole Google bikes. Like, you see these people What's who are that? having meetings. What? They're having meetings and they're at Google Googlers. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. And they're doing... They're biking and so they're moving well, During around. their meeting. But that's not that's an attempt. It's hell. it's more of an attempt to grow horizontally than vertically. And you you feel me like they're oh, trying I like to. I like that. I like how you define that. They're not that. very. They're not really making progress in the position of bringing the body back to a natural state and moving the way it was meant to move. So, so like it's better than absolutely nothing, but it's not still what you should it's be. It's not necessarily for. like uh-huh. you're exactly. maybe at like ten percent of what you should be doing. Sounds exactly. like that. I, I don't know why, but the, but the number four jumps at me. Maybe you're doing like 4% of what <laughs> you should be doing. Jesus. <laughs> I just feel like walking is so sedimentary. Like, you, it does it does not take effort to walk. Yeah. Well, it depends right? on the person, I guess. Yeah, yeah you're right. You're right. Yeah. Maybe if this person is like completely overweight, 300 pounds, if you start walking, it's a good start, right? That is a good start. Yeah, like right. those, like, those, uh, like the special shows are, case. yeah. Like five and six pounds. Some, sometimes all they can do is like clap their hands until they. That's, that that's crazy. Yeah. I feel like you mentioned that because you've read or watched. No, I saw. I saw it. like some yeah, some see? episode of something with uh, what's his name, Richard Simmons, and he was like, because he was like the jazzercise aerobic stuff, <laughs> right? <laughs> I only but, uh, remember Richard Simmons because of the uh, Eddie Murphy movie on uh, The Native Professor. I thought you were gonna talk about Tony Perkins <laughs> from Heavyweights. Isn't he in Shallow Hal? <laughs> Tony no? Perkins. That's not the guy. No, that's Tony. Tony no, that's Tony Robin. Tony Perkins is from that. Heavyweights. Ben Stiller from yeah. that movie. I just watched <laughs> yeah. Heavyweights like the other day. I showed my parents, and they took off, and I was like, "Whatever, I'm gonna finish it." I'm like, home. "I'm gonna keep watching it. It's all right." <laughs> but anyway, hilarious. um, okay, what? So not walking. Maybe that's not the right idea to like get a normal. Maybe not super overweight, mm-hmm. but a very sedimentary person that just like watches TV and eats whatever they want. Mm-hmm. What would be the ideal workout? Is it, is it something that involves weights? Is it like a body weight exercise? Or is it maybe just taking a jog? I would say just, I mean, if you really wanted to start basic, just getting on the ground, rolling around. There's so many different moves. I mean, there are exercise sessions that I've body done with weight, people. Then. Body weight. Okay. And we're not talking about push-ups or anything, but literally like crawling on the ground, learning how to move. I mean, 
Uh, I love it's, that. It's I love one that of their focus is about movement. Yeah, I feel like that is very important for and it's one people. If, if we were talking about progressions, it's it's one of the first stages that we'd go through: putting a person through exercises on their back, then having them roll onto their stomach, then going to all hands and knees, then going to just on their knees, then going to a single leg position and standing eventually. But uh, in the realm of physical therapy, it's one of the thi- one of the protocols that we use very often with people who have back injuries and stuff, and oh it damn. can get tiring. It can is get really tiring. Is there any resource online or maybe on YouTube that mm-hmm. you recommend? I would definitely recommend for people who want to do any type of uh, self-maintenance. In other I words. Hope, I was hoping that you didn't recommend anything and you were just like, yeah, I'm about to develop something. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. I'm way it. too young for that. <laughs> I'm way too young for you're that. You're not, though. You're not. <laughs> like, I mean, you're my age, really. That's way I too young, right? I feel so old every day of my life. I get stuck but I get stuck just trying to make a biography about myself. <laughs> so I don't, like, uh, when they ask me, because I'm applying for my doctorate program yeah. right now. And when they like, ask tell me, tell us about like yourself, a, you're like, oh, shit. Shit. Yeah, like, where, where do I start? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah right literally i can start at the beginning because it hasn't been that long yeah. no but like i feel like that is something that you could do though mm-hmm. i feel with your studies and and your background and mm-hmm. everything that you've been i mean even studying again like going forward not just studies as in like i did this for school mm-hmm. but in your field that you've been looking forward to and and that you developed for cub and for me and for everybody else mm-hmm. I feel like you do have the knowledge to maybe start developing at least for the common person. I mean, something. I've I've I made a practice of uh, every book that I've read for the past couple. I want to say like seven years. I made I have like a library in uh-huh. my so just things that I find very useful and that I I tend to reflect back on when if I have free time or whatever or I feel like I'm kind of not lost but I haven't I haven't felt like I've gotten anything done. Sometimes yeah. I'll do that and that helps me, but um. To say I've I form my own philosophy on how I train, but there are within that there are a lot of specifics that I still okay I still change and I reverse and sometimes I play another de- in other parts and like I said I mean sometimes it deals with more with the psychology aspects sometimes more with the physical aspects sometimes more with the even emotional like sometimes I just need to be there to lend a like a listening ear to some yeah. people and I don't need to say anything and they they feel so much better so if that's what works and it works but. I feel like you can at least develop the the uh, I don't know a structure or a program for the common person because for me uh, with mixed martial arts I know how to teach somebody how to throw a one two mm-hmm. I know how to teach somebody like oh your hook isn't uh, isn't uh, good because you're not moving your elbow out or you're not turning your hip enough mm-hmm. or or little things like that like I I know I can make those adjustments them Mm -hmm. i can't teach somebody how to be the best fighter in the world because i'm not at cubs level like cub can teach me how to be the best fighter in the world because he's been in the game for so long i mean he's the longest uh what he's the longest longest standing featherweight on the ufc roster Mm -hmm. on on zufa and how is it you know it's been like 15 13 or 14 now 13 or 14 yes 13 um so like he knows how to make a person like me that it is trying to be the best. And I already have like five years of experience of trying to be the best. Mm-hmm. He can teach me a lot more than a person starting, but a person starting me with my five years of knowledge, I feel you like can I can te- teach you can teach the someone basics. off the street. Like for yeah. sure. I can help develop them. And nice. I feel like you're at that level at the very least. Oh and yeah. This is just me trying to relate MMA yeah. and your, 
uh, fitness and everything else. Yeah. So I guess um, going off of that, like take me, for instance, I'm not athletic. Uh, if I were to come to you and say, hey, look, I want to get in shape. I want to be able to uh, perform at like, you know, a, a above average level athletically just for my own personal wants and needs. I'm not trying to be an MMA fighter. I'm not trying to be a professional football player. I just want to be in shape. How would you go about helping me with that? Like, like maybe it's just like help me get healthier. Yeah. Like how, how would you help me get to like optimum (coughs) fitness level for somebody that doesn't need to be competitive? I think it would be easier for your situation. I think that the most challenging thing for me is always starting the conversation because people will even ask, what do you do? What can you provide me that nobody else can and it's a difficult situation to be put into right you away because there are so, so many about yeah. them before you exactly can start. And and I start to think, okay, is this person ready for this? Are they what attracts and what made it appealing to them? What kind of background did they have before? Did they try to train before? Shit, and it just there's didn't so work much that I didn't even think about. Jesus yeah, Christ. so it's it's a very cerebral oh process like, to approach <laughs> it. So, but yeah, I mean, just just getting to know you right now, I'd be like, dude, let's just dig some of this stuff. If you're around MMA all the time. Let's teach you to at least have be able to set up the dialogue to to get with these guys. Have you been in a position where you're on the ground where you you can hold yourself up on one hand on two feet on one hand and your opposite leg? Can you crawl properly? Can you roll properly and stuff like that? So holy shit! And this is all within the concept within the constructs of of what they do. <laughs> That's just because like it's al- it's always basic, cool. You know? yeah. yeah, it's always cool. It's always cool to still be able to converse. I mean, one of the coolest things that drew drew me to Ido Portel was when he started talking about capoeira, and it's it's oh a yeah. conversation. It's a moving conversation. How do you here? You have people who it can turn into an actual fight. Or in other instances, it's more like you have this grandmother and you have this seven-year-old kid and they're both moving in, in synchronization and yeah. stuff. So, yeah, movement is as, as frou-frou and fluffy as it sounds. It is an expression of how you feel. And some people dance. Some people fight. Some people do all kinds of other things. But, uh, yeah, it's all under the sun. Some people play guitar. Yeah, performers. And for the, uh, I remember when I first got into the field, I didn't know that there was actually a particular field for physical therapists who deal with performers. How yeah. so, like, uh, with guitars and, like, holding them? G- and not and performers, because they are the most, like, they these guys will not stop practicing. So if you have somebody who has carpal tunnel, or you take a guy like John Mary who can't sing anymore because of his voice, I mean, you're not just going to tell a guy, hey, you can't sing anymore. The dude's going to do what he wants to do. Yeah. They're all type A personalities. You don't get to the top without crushing somebody. What does like that mean, type A personality? Alpha. Alpha yeah. type, yeah. I'm, so, I'm um, so not alpha that I didn't even know that. Ah, uh, <laughs> So that's that's <laughs> a very it just goes to show you how demanding the human body can be and how how much it takes for us to really help these people grow and stuff and so it's it's cool I've I've always dug it and I still continue to That's awesome that you do. I feel like yeah. it helps all of your clients though. Of, yeah. You know, your interest and and just being motivated enough to like keep learning is what I felt like at the, at the very beginning, you know, like I'm an MMA fighter, and if you don't teach me right, yes. I'm going to get my ass beat. Exactly. So Point there's like a huge consequence, right? Yeah. So like I had to know that you at least were like passionate about training Yes. for me to be like trusting in you. How do you know, dude? I might have seen all these videos on YouTube. And just fucking <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But in talking to you, and even just our first session, I yes. was just like, okay, Ricky knows – and Ricky thinks, and Ricky know, and like wants to know, and he like I just felt like you were a student of fitness and getting people to be healthier. Yes, 
And as as much as I was a student of MMA. Yes. So I was like, and I don't feel like I'm completely in the unknown. Yes. Just just like I feel like you weren't, you know, you're not. I mean, you're my age. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that might have some kind of like restriction with that. Like, oh, he doesn't know what he's doing. He's so young mm-hmm. in his yeah, or his feeling shit happens. like that. You know what I mean? Even in my actual job, like there's people that are like, he's so young. He must not know about technology i don't know why because i mean i grew up with technology yeah i was born in technology but like i feel i i I was confident in trusting you because i felt like you were as passionate about fitness as i was about mixed martial arts thanks man i dig it i can dig it yeah yeah it's an important thing yeah that's uh it's all it, and you know what? Talking about being the the whole image thing was something I had to kind of wrestle with too, because I always felt like people see me and they think, "Oh, he's just a young buck." Right. And so that maybe that the fact that I am the way I am was an overcompensation, having read so much and continuing to do so, is so that when I come across, I mean, people when understand. When people ask you a question, I've you I know answered exactly in full confidence. Yeah. yeah. So I always. And even I remember even having my first realization when I thought just because I don't have the letters DPT at the end of my name doesn't mean that this opinion doesn't count. Right. And in many situations, I saw other people who were doctors and I was like, eh, so then you had to like deal with gonna, that. Like you're going to do that. Like I, I would <laughs> like, never nah. do that in your development. You had to go. I need to be like sure of what I say. And I yes. know that I know I'm, that I'm right. Yes. OK. Yeah. And there's been a lot of situations where I wouldn't say I'm a confrontational person, but I know what I'm talking about when I yeah. when I have a conversation. I mean what I say, and I say what I mean. Like I feel like situations. that's really important, especially with mixed martial artists who are so stubborn. Yes, I mean I am. Yeah, like I said, if if you if I broke my leg or my hand, I would still try to fight. Yeah, that's and it takes me. Yeah, that's the one that, like I said, it's it, and that's where you really have to be competent, not confident, but confident in what you do. Because when that time comes, you're gonna have to be the the voice of reason, and so that voice is. It's heavy responsibility with the money that's on the line, the situations that you put yourself in. I mean, it's not easy, but yeah, I don't go into any type of battle like that without a, a game plan. So it's it's true. So to wrap it all up, what do you want to see? Maybe uh, in the in let's do this two part question in the mm-hmm. common populace and with your athletes. What do you feel like would really help these people out? Um, I'd say with the general population, it's awareness. It's starting to be a little more in tune with what's going on in their bodies because there's a lot of preventative things that are going on right now. Like there, the issues with footwear, with f- people wearing flip-flops all the time or heels and how that's damaging, systematically damaging a person's body and stuff. But um, it's just... I didn't even think about that, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I, trust me, in the physical therapy field, we get I, all of I this. I just wear Nikes. <laughs> the, and the challenging Those thing, cool. you know, you don't you don't term that he coined this term as well is it's a uh, high tech shoes, low tech feet. So once you start really thinking about getting back to the the normalities and, and the primitive aspect of the human body, we've just strapped on all this stuff, all this uh, aesthetic muscle as well. And not to mention and the supplements that we take and all this this fake shit. And we've gotten away. We've trained ourselves out of mobility. So maybe movement. be aware of not just your footwear, but also your nutrition. Yeah. And uh, what wh- what else should you be aware of before you even start to do anything? The ability to have self-maintenance. Sorry, sorry, sorry Ryan. Go ahead. What were you going to ask? I was going to say there, there's a lot of talk in um, like the parenting community even with um, not putting shoes on your children when yeah. they're in early development because yeah. they – they learn to utilize those foot muscles, intrinsic and, foot muscles, you know, and learn how to walk properly. And kids that 
you know, are constantly in uh, shoes and stuff aren't as like dexterous, I guess. Yeah. Like they feet. don't develop the muscles. I'll tell you, there's, that there's, other there's kids are supposed to. Yeah, yeah. There's this thing called the toe yoga where you take a person's shoes off and you'll have them pick up their big toes, push all the other toes down on the ground, and then switch. And that you'd be amazed at how many people build. have the inability to move their toes the way they need to. So the intrinsic foot muscles are something that's overglossed very often. But if we're talking about from a biomechanical standpoint, if the arch collapses, the knees come in right after. So that's the mechanism for a lot of ACL tears. And if you ever see the famous Robert Griffin III, that's the... Oh, yeah, yeah, RG3. That's the the photo Um, of him with his knees. I feel like that's a lot of of the principle of that Nat... Nat, what's the guy with that... The work of Carl Scandit? Um, yeah, Nat, Move uh, Nat, what's his name? Delacour or whatever. Uh, yeah. but also I feel like he, he talks a lot about Erwan feet LaCour. and toes. Oh yeah. Grounding. But that was like where he started. Mm-hmm. Right? But also the same thing with the, the Marinoviches. That was like one of okay. their big things with BJ. Like BJ Penn's whole resurgence was under Marv Marinovich. Mm-hmm. Um, resurgence when? Because... Like when he won the lightweight title, okay. the, yeah. So when <laughs> not he, not a not a recent thing. No, no. Like when he, when he beat all. when he beat like Sean Shirk <laughs> and everybody else. Yeah, it was it was like a lot of foot mobility and I mean he's always had yeah. really dexterous legs and and yeah. in general. But it was like all and it was at the time people were like, oh, well, who cares your feet? And they're like, what are you talking about? You're born running around. Like, yeah. Look at all these like great apes running around and using like their toes to like climb up branches and shit. Like yep. you can't do that. Oh, I yeah. get you. I get you there. So that yeah. that goes back to the tool. I mean, you look yeah. at just from talking about feet, you can start to to really f- begin a roadmap for a person and stuff. So start yeah, developing yourself from the bottom up. Yes, it can be, but there's also from the trunk out. So that's another one. Is what does that mean? Let's say you you take a sports car, for instance, and in the CrossFit community, what they were finding is that the midsection was an area that people didn't really have a lot of control over. So how the scapula sat on the shoulder blades, how the spine and the hips kept integrity. And so you'd see the butt wink. I'm sure you've heard of the butt wink. And right. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So teaching people, yeah, teaching people how to do that. And then once you would realign the spinal column and teach mm-hmm. people how to properly use it and brace and keep a neutral position when they're lifting, everything else seemed to work itself out. Knees fell back into place. Arches fell back into place. So, uh, yeah, it really depends on who you're working with and if one method's not working, then you re- you go back to the other one. So right. Like I found in, in like starting to learn how to lift, I started watching a lot of uh, videos by Alan Thrall. Alan and Thrall? And he yeah. has uh, his buddy Shane Dowd, who has a lot of like hip impingement, FII videos mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And he has like a whole system. And that's helped me. I have like a shitty hip. So Yeah. I would definitely recommend if people haven't done any self-maintenance to look on uh, Mobility Wad. The subscription, I believe, is like eight ninety nine per month, but it's definitely worth it because at least what the, at the very least, what you're doing is you're setting up a dialogue so that you as an individual, if you do have an injury and you've been taking care of it the way they suggest, mm-hmm. then at least when you go back to the doctor's office, it's not just like, hey, my ankle fucking hurts. Yeah. Right, right, it's right. It's like, okay, well, I've done the rolling. I made sure the soft tissue rolled the bottom of my foot. I've done the ankle circles, ABCs and whatnot. And it's still hurting. Well, now you've narrowed down a huge part of your time, and this doctor doesn't feel like you're just walking <laughs> into something yeah. blind. So you throw like some blind you. at a dartboard. Because that's another thing: is people don't understand how jacked up our healthcare system is. Yeah. And so, in a lot of situations, we're the first line of healthcare as as trainers and as uh, practitioners, movement practitioners. Is yeah. Let's teach these people how to at least have a good dialogue with somebody else who's going to be able to help them. Shit. That. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> Boom! 
Like Got I em. said, I'm not the most athletic person, so all of this, like the athlete part and the common person part, like really fits in with me. And especially like as an MMA athlete that doesn't have a season long, uh, it's not structured. Like, it's sport. not. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're not year long, right? Yeah. Like oh, I get a fight, and oh hey, I fight in a month. Oh right. hey, I fight in two months. You know, yep, like right. now I got to get fit off of the couch and off of <laughs> eating spaghetti every single day or whatever it is that I've been eating and drinking, whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, Damn. That's just so much information. We might I have to like make this a two part, dude. I feel bro. like this is going to get, this <laughs> no, is gonna we're get so, pretty we're intense. So pretty good on time, which is yeah. which is great because we've covered so much. And I don't know what has made time slow down. Maybe it was the bourbon. But <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Nothing like a little bit of bullet. <laughs> um, but booze brain again to 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 wrap it all up. We talked about the common populace now Four from athletes. your athletes, people that that are athletes. I feel like, and the problem is that we're so headstrong. We're so like yeah. I know what I'm doing. Especially ones that that are already athletes and yes. then come to you. Yes. We're like, this is what works for me. Yes. How do you start training that person? What should they maybe put in their head? Or start developing before they even come to you, or even now. If if I get somebody in your situation, let's say I just met you, yeah, I'd try to knock down all the major pillars that would make performance like the very preventable ones. Number one is sleep, and okay. then uh, the other so one you would ask be your about sleep. Recovery. You yeah. you like literally oh, yeah. have to ask the question like, yeah, how how, well how, how often you are you sleep? sleeping? Do okay. you take naps? I mean, is it something? What is your work schedule like? Because okay. the body doesn't distinguish between psychological stress or physical stress, it reacts the exact same way. So if that stress it continues to accumulate, You're and then on top my of mind that, right now, by the way, yeah. just like <laughs> and then on top of that, you throw an angry girlfriend or or a screaming baby. Then I know when you come into my gym, regardless of how yeah. much you want to do, you can't cheat the hormones that are floating around, the endorphins that are floating around, and uh, for that it reason, it makes it like very physiological difficult. level. It is, and so I. That's the thing is a. Uh, bringing back i had an olympic athlete I, who i trained for 11 months before he left to rio yeah and i remember i'm not going to name him because i don't want to put him on blast don't right now, <laughs> don't do this it, dude yeah. was uh he was hanging yeah. out in you're we not doom in squad you know doom we're in los angeles everybody whatever <laughs> we're, in, we're in los angeles and we're having i mean it's a place where you can get easily distracted right and this guy was going to be swimming for his country and i had to make sure he was up on par and i literally had to look him in the eyes when he was all like like he told me that he had been out the night before and stuff, and I'm like, dude, he or she, he or she, by the way, like, you have to tell me these things because I'm not, I don't get pissed off. Yeah, but I do, I, have I to do like need cater to cater because I understand exactly. Yeah. I understand, and it's it's counterproductive on our point if I want to put you through a power exercise when you when your central nervous system is just not receptive to that type of movement. It's not going to work. I don't care how hard you want to work. It's it, it crazy doesn't matter. that you have to think about so many little aspects of just the human body. Like yeah. Because a human body is so complex from the mind to yes. the body to the nervous system yes. to the immune system even. Yeah. Like, are you sick? Like, yeah. that makes a huge difference. Yeah. And even if you're not, are, am I going to push you through a position where you're going to become more immune? To your immune s- uh, system is going to be compromised now. So I have and to maybe be very even careful like with flexibility. Oh, yeah. And, uh, Oh, yeah. mentality I, kn- I know earlier you said you're not super into um like nutrition as much as you are like the uh i don't know the way the body the works movement. and everything but you do you think that um eventually you'll add nutrition like studies into your whole like 
knowledge because I mean I, I do feel that that does affect the body and oh yeah yeah how concerned you are with the way almost. because of how concerned you are with the way the entire machine works I mean mm-hmm. um, and you know fuel is a very important part to any machine yes and uh, I was just curious as to how important you know you think that is and, and if you ever plan on I don't know, integrating that into your whole like work regiments more and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. No, for uh, I I know more than the than the average trainer. I'd I'd consider myself to know a lot more than that. But um, when it if I were for instance dabbling with Carlos, I'd I'd make a team. I there's no reason for me to try and hold all those hats at once when yeah, yeah. there are there are specialists out there who I can I can uh consider and talk to and and I've always prided myself on that and I'm being very resourceful. Is uh, yes, I do know a lot of pa- about PT and movement, and and more than the average trainer does. But that's PT? because that's yeah, physical therapy. That's because I I enjoy that aspect, and I I intend to to be a doctor of physical therapy. But if there's something that I'm a little shaky about, I'll just go ask somebody. I met a lot of people, and I know a lot of people who are very good at their points, and I let them. I let that continue. I don't want to ever uh, be one of those people who tries to half-ass a lot of things and. And I know what I'm good at, and I've been consulted by uh, other people on stuff. And I would do the same with these athletes: is, hey, let me just get a registered uh, dietitian in here. Let me get somebody in athletic sports, food nutritionist. So, yeah. I feel like that has a lot to do with our generation. I yes. mean, I'm the same age as you. We we graduated the same year. I feel like when I run into an issue, I just look to somebody that yeah. knows more. And I don't think that's ha- that has been like the case with generations before prior yeah i feel like they're very prideful they're like i need to know everything especially if they're coming to me for this or that um i think it helps out that you are so young instead of it being a detriment i think for me personally it's an advantage like i can identify with you i can identify with like maybe i don't know this but i'm gonna find out for you yes exactly and that's and that's the thing too is the influx of information now in our day and age is just ridiculous compared yeah, to our parents. They just have, have access to the, the just things this that podcast. We have, you know, I mean the podcast you you talk about uh, that's actually a big source of how I started going off on my own threads of information and knowledge. Is who is this? Okay, I want to know about them. Let me get their book. I yeah. know about this and this right. and this. And for me, books are always going to be the the pinnacle of information. Right. I mean, when you have somebody who's who's published something. You know that the information that they're putting out there has been thought of for years and years and, and years. It has been f- at least somewhat vetted mm. as well. You exactly. Know what I mean? So anyone uh, can have a YouTube channel, but it's kind of hard to yeah get a national bestseller. Yes, exactly. So uh, with with my professional athletes, it would be that kind of stuff. Carlos is look at this guy laughing over here. <laughs> Not me. This guy just said white chucks are dope because you're wearing white chucks. Oh, I've been, I've I've been yeah. thinking about that That's for an says. hour. <laughs> been waiting to talk. Been waiting to bring that up. I just bought a new there we go. Yeah. CJ had to get in on the conversation, <laughs> and he waiting. chose. Yeah, waiting. He yeah, chose to. St- he chose to pick Bro, the I'm shoes. I'm surprised it took so long. Like I've been waiting for <laughs> CJ to fucking see this shit. I know. CJ just got his like, voice back. Yo, Use it, bro. You know yo. what, man? You're right. I, I am defeated right yo, now. Yo, CJ. I lost. I lost CJ the though. Man. CJ. I, I know. I know you don't have a mic, so they can't hear you. But it's not because of you though. Just so <laughs> you're aware. Chucks are cool. I'm wrong. <laughs> but yeah um do you have any like questions for us ricky uh you know it's been i don't uh, there's more of observations yeah. that i've been making because i was very fortunate and me when i left the valley i was in san francisco first so i was around a lot of people who were very ambitious so you've been to uh, san francisco los angeles la san, san diego, diego i feel like you did too. that's where i graduated from san diego oh, hey. state 
And uh, in my time, having kind of marched around those three cities, I've picked up a, I've learned to filter a lot of things. And what was awesome is when I came back to the Valley, there was a lot that we could, we could really provide people here now that we couldn't before. The population is first off growing a lot. There's a lot more people who are interested in movement. And unlike Los Angeles and those other cities that I was in, people don't move from here very often. People are here for a long time. So you develop these relationships with people who can afford, first off, that it's a big retired community. And uh, they need it. I mean, these are people who have lived a hard 60 lives if, uh, or 60 years of life. Or, well, 60 lives if they believe in reincarnation. Yeah, I was like, Jesus, bro. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> if, if those 60 years have driven them into the ground, well, then now's the time for them to be able to enjoy it. And having worked with this population in the short amount of time, I've been back four months. It's It's been cool, man. Very four rewarding. Months. It's been four months. I feel like I've been with you for four months. Yeah, well, I, as, soon as, I got, as soon as I got back, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and so for everything that we're doing, man, hopefully this stuff continues to grow because it's, it's a very necessary thing. And it's, it's always cool to encourage the younger population, too, with these modes of getting our information and knowledge out. So, so moving away from fitness and more maybe in a personal stuff, um, did you want to come back to the desert? Yes, it was. I, uh, I had basically run myself dry when what, with what I was doing and how I was doing it. And uh -huh. if I was going to make a straight shot for my doctorate, I couldn't afford to be living in Playa Vista or downtown Los Angeles, working on the west side and having to commute with all the traffic and stuff like that. So it was a very, uh, it was a logical decision for me. Okay. I mean, and there are, there are things I might end up back out there, who knows, but uh, I've, I definitely haven't burned any bridges. How did you get connected with Kinetics? My parents actually, oh, that's a good question because I didn't mention this before, but yeah. I, w I actually grew up training there. So Did you? Yeah, I trained what there when I was in for? high school, soccer. I met Mike Wh and Susan. What kind of exercises were you doing? Very similar. And I would I would say out of all the training that I've ever had, yeah. Mike and Susan provided me with what to this day is still considered great training. How long ago was that? Oh, uh, I was a junior in high school, so that's what it was seventeen. Eleven was years. Eleven years ago. Yeah, something like that. And I always I always liked it. Um. It was, and it's something that I maybe I'm, I don't want to think too much about, but that type of respect that we developed before the kids, the way they are now, or how I remember my childhood, my high school years being, it's very different now. Okay. And not to say that it's good or bad, it's just different. Yeah. It's like, it's different in the way that I see kids move or how they pursue training. Um, I don't see as many kids take it as a an advantage, like take advantage of it. And yeah. maybe they won't find out how lucky they are until after they leave high school and stuff like that but even with my youth development athletes i try to instill a little bit of discipline that translates to real life shit because it's very important to me so you got connected to kinetics with your through your parents mm -hmm. how how were they connected to to kinetics uh we we played soccer with another kid colin wilson and his parents were the ones i who remember just him, him up. yeah I, I went to school with a uh, class with alec Nice. Yeah, his brother. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, t I talked to I ran into his parents recently. And so they're doing very well. They're over in San Francisco. Yeah. Shout out to the Wilsons. That's they were awesome. always a great. And that's another thing. They were always a great family. And we had a, a lot of those. I mean, our community soccer community was mm -hmm. really cool. Parents who would come over and some kids who didn't have the means to be able to do the traveling ball, they would they would cover them. So uh, my parents included and stuff. But um, those are the things that like that's that's home for me that's what i remember and having met people from all over california and even other states and even other countries um that it's funny how that doesn't really happen to them because they're so distracted they live they grew up in la where 
you can be out till hours of the night with freaking bums yeah. on the corners and shit. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's different. It's sheltered here, but I I grew up very well. I I count my yeah. blessings. Same here. I mean, everybody from the desert should, but we don't realize it until I feel like we go out. Oh yeah, for sure. Until you see the Lindsay Lohan's in real life and shit. Bro, I hated I hated the valley until I left, (laughs) and then I came back and I was like, I guess it's not that bad. No, I'm older too. Yeah. Yeah, 120 degrees during the summer. That's awful. That's awful. But I mean, you know, I'll deal with it. Get a pool, I guess. Yeah. Air conditioning. Stay inside. (laughs) Stay inside. Yeah. Jeez. Whatever you got to do. Yeah. All right, man. Well, thank you for so so much for coming on and talking to us for an yeah. hour and almost 40 minutes. Damn, dude. About That's dope. <laughs> that that went by really fast. quick. Yeah. yeah Brian I appreciate Tyler, it, guys. this podcast is for you because you're always <laughs> complaining. <laughs> thank you very much, guys, for having me on. It's uh, It's been it's been real. Yo, yeah, thank you so been, much, Ricky. It's been mind-blowing for me, straight up. Even just as an interviewer, I'm just like, I'm I'm, I'm going to listen to this one. Well, I'm going to put this one on my resume for the Joe Rogan <laughs> podcast. So. There, there you go. go. There Maybe you Joe go. Rogan will hit there. me up one of these days. Well, speaking of which, where can people uh, find you at on social media? So I, I just have an Instagram right now at uh, Kinetic Fanatic, Kinetic yeah. underscore Fanatic. And you You're can, not a uh, big fan of social media, I feel like. Uh, you know what? Because I feel like I don't have the right the things time? that I want to say oh, right okay. now. Like I haven't, I haven't really... I know what I don't want to say and I have an idea of what I want to do, but... Sometimes you can get so caught up in throwing shit out there yeah. that I don't ever want to throw anything out there that I'd look at the next morning and be like, fuck, why the hell did I put <laughs> yeah, that out totally, there? Yeah, I totally I get that. Don't, like, don't go to my old Twitter at all. Yeah. Like, yeah. I blocked that one like, because that's what that account, was. But I mostly use it just to keep up with, like, the <laughs> news and interactions on Twitter. I don't really post a whole yeah. lot because I'm, you know, I'm not anybody of consequence. So, like, nobody's really looking for information from me. But... Yes. I look towards, you know, like a lot of celebrities, MMA fighters, MMA journalists, um, music, book, you know, authors that I like. You know, I like to keep up with their news through stuff like that. Yeah. So, I mean, I totally get that where, like, I'm not really out there trying to, like, post super, um, like, influential tweets or anything. Yeah. But, yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. still use it as, like, a tool. My yeah. last tweet was probably, like, I'm tired or some sh- stupid shit like that. You know Jesus. Like, oh, that was a hard workout. Here's a picture. So. <laughs> you're not like Gareth I always <laughs> see every time I'm on Snapchat or uh, I don't have Snapchat but on the, the Instagram, Instagram stuff yeah, yeah. damn that fool's got all kinds of stuff I'm like I'm gonna have to <laughs> start paying you for just tagging me yeah. stuff. shout out to you G True De La Cruz though yeah, um, yeah dude I love Garrett, your shirt G. you're a hard ass worker Kicking and you've ass, helped man. me out in the past five years at True that I've been there so like you know it's what dope. I don't even think I've mentioned you before but yeah just G a dope True dude in Cruz. general yeah Gareth's yeah. a good cat very good cat Again, thank you, Ricky, so much. And thank you, Kinetics. And thank you for everybody that has helped me develop personally. Thank you for, um, I mean, this whole podcast, man. Thanks yeah, to man. everybody. I feel like it's Look Thanksgiving right now. <laughs> Look yeah. at us. So nostalgic. Yeah. But uh, before, I, before I, I forget, uh, we got onto the topic of um, a female training and stuff yeah. and, and working for the females. And Mike Butler, the owner of Kinetics, just came out with the book on that. So. For any of you who are interested in training or you're a woman who wants to be trained and wants to do it smart, definitely recommend picking up that book from Kinetics because that's the, uh, it's the right way to go. Do the, do it the smart way. Nice. They can't tra- you shouldn't be trained like a little man, in other words. True. So, True. Yeah. Your body is different than ours. And I feel like because we're not even just in America, but in the entire world, we're a very male-dominated world. Mm-hmm. Right. You should probably look into specifics for yourself. Right. Yeah. 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 It doesn't work the same As way. As a woman, exactly. I mean, it doesn't even work the same way man to man. Why should we assume True. that? True. You know what I mean? It works the same for all of them as well. 
I mean, you got hormones to deal with, testosterone. <laughs> now we're going to liberal. Right? We're going to uh, be feminine. Geez. We're all, all right. feminists here, right? We are. I mean, <laughs> I, I totally am. Like, equal rights. You choose what you want to do with your body, whatever yeah, yeah, you got to sure. do. Uh, but, yeah, that's me signing out. Crossmother Jr., Doom Squad and May over here. Love you guys. Bye. Have a good night. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Ricky, that uh, signed up for this, and we kept him for so fucking long. Oh, See you geez. later, man. <laughs>